Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up to the claw on this Friday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadero. Hi, Gambo! Burnsy, what's going on? We are in the studio today. We are. We, we are. had some things uh, change on us a little bit, but we do still invite you to go down and join the Arizona Sports promo team. They're at the Pepsi Fan Fest from the Arizona Center. We were supposed to be there. We had some things come up. We were not able to be there for one reason or another, but they are down there, downtown Phoenix in the Arizona Center from 2 until 6 today. The Pepsi Fan Fest includes food, beverage, Games, live performances by Tech Nine and others, and autograph signing by Ricky Waters. I was looking forward to meeting Ricky. Waters. Ricky Waters, as in, as in Ricky Waters. Ricky. Yeah, Ricky Waters. So we uh, are not down Seattle, there. Seattle, Philadelphia. Yeah, you and I are not down there, but they are down there, and all of that's going on down there, like everything else going on in downtown Phoenix. It is so funny when you think about it. I mean, like I know we've done the media row thing, and we just got done listening to Wolf and Luke, and they've done the media row thing. Man, I feel like the Super Bowl just kind of snuck up. And like, ta-da, we're here. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I, know, I know it's been in town all week, and I know there's been a buildup all week. But given the Ishbia press conference on Wednesday, the Kevin Durant trade on Thursday, it does have this. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a Super Bowl going on. In our so if you're a kind of Kansas City Chiefs fan, or if you're if you're from Kansas City of Philadelphia, and you came out here, and you're like, man, I can't wait to hear the sports talk in Arizona talking about the Super Bowl. Yeah, you didn't get any. Well, yeah, you got a very limited amount right now. Sorry. Cardinals are searching for a coach, and the Suns just got Kevin Durant. Uh, yeah, it takes a little precedent. So, I mean, normally, you know, normally it's a, it's a big Super Bowl week, come up with a whole bunch of different angles, but the Suns just got Kevin Durant. So, yeah. you know, for everybody from Kansas City and Philadelphia, it's out here tuning. I'm like, I'm sorry we didn't give you what you I, I, you may have wanted. I'm sure if Kevin Durant had not happened, um, it'd be a different deal, right? And we'd be focused, and we'll focus on the game. We'll talk about it. I mean, it's it's obviously it's the biggest game in the world, and it's here in our backyard. I don't want to make it sound like it's completely the invisible man or anything, but when Kevin Durant is traded your way, you must talk with and about Kevin Durant. Let's weigh in with our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the way in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. The NBA world still very much reacting to Kevin Durant coming to the Phoenix Suns. There were literally dozens of stories about it on all of the top websites. It really became the top story in sports for the last 24 hours or so. There's a lot of different angles. A lot of I mean, now that we've had kind of time to let it settle in, there's a lot of different angles, a lot of different ways to look at it. Probably one of our favorites was what they wrote about at TheRinger.com. A great website. They lean a little bit towards the NBA. They're great at everything they do, but they have a lot of good NBA coverage. Headline, Kevin Durant blows the ceiling off the Phoenix Suns system. And it was a great read because it paints this picture of a guy in Kevin Durant who really is the easiest superstar in the world to deal with. And by that, I mean, he's so good at everything he does offensively, he can fit into any system. And it won't take very long for him to fit into the system. He'll figure it out. He'll figure it out quickly because he's got every skill set offensively imaginable to be able to fit into anything that anybody's trying to run and to be able to pick it up like that. No, there's no doubt. I mean, adaptable is the one word that came out. Just he's adaptable, right? You can run the same sets. What you're running 
running for book. You can run for KD. He's unguardable as a pull-up shooter. Just unguardable. He's a 6'10 guy that knocks down every shot he takes. And, you know, for a team that's very reliant on the mid-range game, to add another guy who is every bit as good, if not better, in the mid-range game than the guys you have, you just added the premier mid-range shooter in the entire game. I I really think that that really goes to show you what, what you get with Kevin Durant. I thought that article was outstanding and just bringing up, look, they brought up the negatives, the depth, and the defense, which we'll, t- we'll touch on in a second here. But the ability to run the same sets, the ability to continue to dominate the mid-range game and be even better at it now because Booker and Paul are both great at the mid-range game and this guy is second to none. I mean, that really is what what, what stood out about the, the ringer talking about Kevin Durant is he's adaptable, man. He can play in this system. What you're doing, that's what he does. What you're great at, he's just as great if not better at it. So that really stood out. Yeah, the quote, uh, as super teams go, it's hard to imagine a star with a lower maintenance playing style than Durant or a fit that could accommodate him as a organically as Phoenix. It's a brutal turn of events for teams like Denver and Memphis who have to contend with not only another elite player on their side of the playoff bracket, but one that they aren't all that equipped to guard. And that's funny because it it felt like, you know, that was one of the reactions yesterday was sort of was sort of this idea, okay, Denver, Memphis, it, what are you going to do? You've you've lost because they went out and got this guy. And Kevin Durant at his peak turns the the Suns into this unguardable force of nature where you're just, yeah, defensively, do they suffer? Sure. Are, is Kevin Durant going to help them get to the free throw line? Probably not. That's not really his thing and the Suns aren't very good at that. But in terms of a matchup nightmare, if you're Denver, one of the reactions I saw yesterday on Twitter was a guy who covers the NBA and he's like, I'm sure in Denver they're thinking, how the hell are we supposed to cover that? Right. How the hell are we supposed to guard that? How, how do, who do we who do we assign? Who do we leave open? Who do we double? Who do we trap? Who the, do Celtics we doubled, the Celtics doubled Durant and that's you know that's what they did. They tried to throw two guys out. The problem is he's so big he shoots over everybody, right? That's the problem. He's long, so you could guard him, but he can get a shot off at any time. He's one of the most unguardable players in the NBA, really in NBA history. And it was a lot, you know. I love the points about the sets. It said so many of Phoenix go to sets for Booker curls that have Booker run off screens to catch the ball when he already has a step on his defender could easily be transposed to Durant, who can do most. Everything Booker can, only at more extreme dimensions. They say that's where things get dangerous. The Suns already know how to set up a deadly pull-up shooter with enough space and momentum to work out the best of his options. Now they plug the most unguardable pull-up shooter of all time into that framework. And, And that's what you look at. I mean, yeah. Pick your poison. You're these other teams. You're trying to look at the Phoenix Suns. You're like, okay, I, you know, you gotta listen. I, the only thing you might be, if you're, if you're another team right now, you're talking about, okay, listen. Durant hasn't been healthy. Paul hasn't been healthy. Book hasn't been healthy. That's your shot. Yes, that's Let's your shot. Let's call it like it is. They're healthy. You're done. They're healthy. You're done. Yeah. You're not winning. Yep. So nobody in the West is winning. I heard you know Bickley and Murata talked about is it enough time for him to get? Uh, they were speaking with somebody this morning. Can't remember who it was. It was talking about just the time frame. You know, by the time he comes back, twenty, twenty one, twenty two games is that enough? But that's where this comes in. Like Durant is plug and play. He's plug and play. He's plug and play. I mean, it's not a whole lot to get used to. With you, you don't have to change your offense around to run all of these sets for. It's the same thing. It's yeah. the same offense. He's adaptable to what you do because of his greatness. On a 
honestly, I would think that the, the defensive part of the equation is the part that's going to take a little time. Offensively, I think it's almost going to be seamless. I mean, I mean, I think it's it'll take a few games. Defensively, who's got the assignments? How that works? Who's the other guy starting in the lineup? Is it a guy like Tory Craig? Is it a guy like Ish Wainwright? Is it Josh Kogi because he's a really good on-ball defender and you're going to need yeah. that? I mean, th- those are the depending on what they do in the buyout market, which will go out a little bit later. What's interesting too hearing Jerry Colangelo on the Wolf and Luke show today, they reached out to Jerry and um, he said he spoke to Matt Ishbia right prior to the Durant trade. Before the actual announcement, Matt Ishbia reached out to me. He wanted to make contact. We had a great meeting. I got to know him somewhat. He wanted to engage me as a mentor, quite honestly. And uh, and then his brother, uh, Justin, who will be part of that front office team in ownership. Um, I'm very impressed with these two young guys. I really am. I think it's a breath of fresh air. I think the fans in, in Phoenix are, are going to be well served under this new leadership. How to be a good new owner in Phoenix. Lesson one. Go deep into the luxury tax to acquire one of the greatest players in the history of the game. Lesson two. Call Jerry Colangelo before you do it. Yeah. (laughs) Call Jerry Colangelo before you do it and say, can you you mentor mentor me me throughout this? Yes, it's it's good to say. Good to say. Pushing all the buttons you want to see pushed if you're a Phoenix owner. Well, I mean, mean, listen, I mean, you've talked about this. Like, you know, before you die, the thing you you want to see the Suns win a championship more than anybody. Well, there's another guy, right? That that guy right there. Yeah. You know, that guy right there wants to see the Phoenix Suns win a championship badly. And I think he'll feel really good about it if Matt Ishby is leading the way. Monty yesterday, before the Suns lost to the Hawks, and we won't talk about that game that much because there's not that much to talk about. Called Kevin Durant the hardest worker he's ever been around. I mean, Kevin is a um, he's the hardest worker I've been around. Tim, Kevin, Patrick, guys that I've, I've watched uh, over the years. Uh, and there's other guys that are right there. But, um, that was the thing that stood out to me. The love for the game, the approach to the game, you know, getting up early. Staying late, like all of that stuff, even as a, a young guy, star, superstar, whatever, he's, he's always had that approach. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. Monty before the game. Yeah. Listen to this last line. I wanted to pull out about this, this ringer story. One of the most mid-range heavy offenses in the NBA just picked up the league's preeminent mid-range shooter. It's a brutal turn of events for teams like Denver and Memphis, who have to contend with not only another elite player on their side of the playoff bracket, but one they aren't all that equipped to guard. I mean, does that not say it? Like that, these teams are not equipped to guard a six ten guy who's got who can shoot for forty something percent from three in the mid range game. And yeah, that had to be a you know we, we we talked about the excitement in Phoenix, but can you imagine if you're a Nuggets fan, a Memphis fan, a Golden State fan, and you just found out that Kevin Durant's in the West on Phoenix? Like, oh, what a blow that was to your to, to your chances of winning it this year. No doubt. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, his departure hurts. He found out his future in the most unlikely of ways, making it even that much more heartbreaking. The Mikel Bridges side of the equation next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. 
Mikel Bridges with TNT last night from his new home with his new team. Didn't play last night, obviously, from the trade. With three simple words that can help explain a lot. Life goes on. I mean, it's crazy, man. You know, it's part of business, but life goes on. You know, um, what Coach Monty, Coach Monty always says that I ain't getting sent off the war. So, you know, it's, you, you'll be all right. But, um, I mean, I was excited for opportunity. Um feeling since the summer when Katie wanted to go to the Suns. I knew me and Cam were probably the, the two guys I'll probably go. But um, it's crazy, man, but excited to be here in Brooklyn and can't wait to go out there. I'm sure this is tough on him. It's I'm, gotta sure, be. I'm sure this is tough on him. This was his team. This is what he knew. I mean, he was a heart and soul player, you know, for the for the Phoenix Suns. He was, you know, he survived last summer. You know, he didn't get traded. And then, you know, he probably wasn't expecting to get traded right now. Probably wasn't expecting. He signed a contract extent. Look, they loved him. It's not like they, they, they loved him. You got to give up something to get something. So it's not like, you know, the Phoenix Suns are moving on. This, this is tough for the Phoenix Suns. But you got Kevin Durant. I mean, sometimes you just got to understand. It. I think it's not like he got traded for John Collins. You know, it's funny. Or OG Ananobi. EJ made that point last night at the end of the Suns game. Uh, they lost to the Hawks last night, and they were doing, you know, Tom and Tom were doing the postgame chat with Eddie Johnson. And that's exactly what Eddie said. Maybe he made that point during the broadcast, too. He said, look, sometimes if you've been traded like that, who you get traded for, you know, you use that as sort of a way to kind of bolster up your self-confidence a little bit. It's not like you got traded for some Scrabino who got waived, right? You got traded for Kevin freaking Durant. Right. And, and and you you can puff your chest out on that one. Like, you were the guy they wanted. Now, I got to think, and I don't know, maybe if we ever get a chance to talk to Mikel about this one-on-one, we can ask him. I got to think, this time a week ago, because it was one week ago today when Kyrie Irving asked for his trade from the Brooklyn Nets, and immediately we spun the conversation to Kevin Durant. Yes. All right? Now, not, just because we did it doesn't mean it was going to happen, but I got to wonder if guys like Mikel, guys like Cam, guys like DeAndre thought, uh-oh, here we go again, right? Here, here, Kyrie wants out, and if Kyrie wants out, it might only be a matter of time until KD, KD wants out, and if he wants out, it's only a matter of time until my name gets back into this. I have to think that thought might have crossed their mind at some point last weekend. Yeah, listen, you're on a team, you love your team, the team's good. <laughs> you have a chance to win every year. You think you're going to be here forever, you know? You, they sign you to a contract extension. They're paying you $23 million a year. They like you. They really like you. You've got friends. You're, you, you get along with the coach. You get along with the players. Everything's good. And then you find out you get traded to the Nets. Now, you know, Mikhail will go there. He'll do a great job for them if they keep him. I mean, they clear, like I reported yesterday, they easily could have gotten three first-round picks for him. Zach Lowe said it could have been four. I reported yesterday and became big news across the country. They could have got three first-round picks for Mikhail. And here's Zach Lowe today. I know one of one team that offered them four first-round picks before clarifying. I know of at least three first-round picks. The fourth one might have had some protections, but I'm pretty sure that's the thing. There were teams that would have given up three first-round picks easily to go get Mikael Bridges, but the Nets held on to him, so they must feel like going forward, they want to build, and he's a guy that they want to build around. It's the contract, and it's everything that he does. Such a great contract. Now, Bridges on the TNC interview also said he found out he was traded from Damian Lee. So my boy, my boy Damian Lee, he was in a hotel, and he FaceTimed me. And you could tell he was upset, and he was just like, I'm sorry, like, 
I'm sorry about this and that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He was like, you ain't see him. I'm like, see what? He was like, you got traded to, uh, to Brooklyn for KD. I was like, oh, man. Went to Twitter, saw it. And that's when I tweeted. And then my agents called me like a couple minutes later. And then that's how I found out. See, you know, I smile at a story like that, but I also hate a story like that. He shouldn't have to hear that from Damian Lee. He shouldn't have to hear it on Twitter. And I, and I get it. It happened practically oh, in the middle of the night, right? Like, and they're on this East Coast road trip, and it's probably 1 o'clock in the morning, wherever they are, when the word comes down. He shouldn't get a call from Damian, a teary-eyed Damian Lee, man. Sorry, I'm sorry. To, what's, you know, that, that's, that's a, he's got a, because there's too many, there's too many players involved in that trade. It's TJ Warren, it's Kevin Durant, it's, it's Mikhail, it's Cam. Like there's like there are agents involved, there are teams involved, and then that's you know, the second that stuff gets out, I mean there yeah. are agents out there that like there are agents out there that have deals with these guys. You say nice things about my guy, I'll give I'll feed you information. Just I'll feed you information and I'll get it to you quickly. And a lot of times the agents know before the players even get called. I, I mean, in a perfect world, James is able to call Mikhail and Cam and tell them both before they find out about yeah. it. And you know what? And I, hearing you talk about it, I, I do. My take is a little bit of an old man take, right? Like, oh, you know, in a perfect world, he gets a call from his general manager or his owner or whatever. I, I look, I, I'm not, I'm not so old that I don't understand how these things work. All right, for all the reasons that you just said, Twitter, social media, everybody's a journalist these days. Everyone wants to break it. Everyone wants to get the news out as quickly as they possibly can. It might not be realistic in today's social media kind of world to be able to hold on something like that long enough to be able to inform players the way it used to be. You know, that just might be a new thing in 2023 that's frankly not even that new. It might be a thing that's five, six, seven, eight years old now, and it's just impossible in a world like this to keep that stuff down. Um, Sean Marks, the general manager of the Brooklyn Nets, reacted to all of this yesterday. This is courtesy SNY. Yeah, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's, it's always difficult. When when you're trading a, a player of that stature and that ilk, uh, very difficult. You know, our, my job is a GM and our job as a front office is is to try and bring in that caliber of talent and so forth. So it, those decisions are not easy. You know, those they, they come with a lot of thought, a lot of process, a lot of systematic um, debriefs and discussions that go along with that. There was um a, there's a great story on ESPN.com right now, Ramona Shelburne and Brian Windhorst, in which they look at this trade from all angles, all sides. We're going to have James Jones on the show in about an hour from right now. And one of the things that they had reported that one of the things that initially held the deal up, the Nets wanted Jay Crowder in the deal. And the Suns didn't want to put Jay Crowder in the deal. The Suns wanted to hold Jay Crowder off for a different trade because what did the Nets do as soon as they got him? They flipped traded him. him for flipped him for they picks. flipped him, right? Yeah, the for Suns a bunch of didn't picks. want to include Jay in the deal. They, they probably wanted to, wanted to, to include him. Dario probably, in the deal, probably to as make the some money filler. work. Yep, yep. And then because then you're talking about what would you rather have the the, the kid they got in the trade from OKC Darius or, or or a bunch of picks? Yeah. Yeah, the Suns probably would have rather done that too. Like, see, where could I, where could I send them to where I could get those picks? But the Nets were insistent on it because they turned that into something else that's value for them. Because the Nets are pretty, pretty good shape pick wise going forward. Oh, they're in really good shape pick wise. Two, go- year, yeah. two years going forward where they have three first round picks in each year, and then a couple where they have two first round picks. The Houston thing is a distant memory now. Uh, all right, it's our last chance here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports All Access, presented by Bud Light and FanDuel.
Time for our last Arizona Sports All Access Qualifier. Matt Keith from Phoenix. Matt Keith. You have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870 to qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. If we don't hear from Matt in the next 10 minutes, we will open up the phone lines to somebody else. This is our last qualifying slot. The name again is Matt Keith from Phoenix. You are on the clock. You have 10 minutes. 602-260-9870. 602-260-9870. Good luck to you, Matt Keith. All right. Hope you still, call in. Still qualifying people to get some Super Bowl tickets. The last one. It's the last one right there. Text us your thoughts on anything when it comes to the Suns and KD. The FanDuel text line is open for you right now at 620-620. Phoenix Suns clearly won the day yesterday. Who else joins them in that category? Who lost yesterday? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right. Good to see Eric Ruby as we are back here in studio. Rubes, you've got the you've got the con, Rubes. What's our poll question today? We've actually got two of them today. The first one we can go quick. It is a Super Bowl related question. We have to fit it in there. Who you got? Eagles or Chiefs? Eagles. Eagles. Chiefs. You can throw a score in there, too, if you want. Oh, sure. Um, Something that helps me win the uh, office poll. I got eight and five. That's a decent 35-28. No, no, that's actually not bad. 35-28. a real high-scoring game. It with really is. That Eagles defense. It really is. But if you're rooting for I've, I've got nines. I've got nine and uh, nine. Oh, yeah. I got terrible draw. I mean, it's it's free. So it's not like I've lost any yeah. money. But uh, I'm going to go Philadelphia, and I'm going to say 27 to 24. I go, I'm going Chiefs. I think these defenses, 24-21, Chiefs. A little bit more of a lower-scoring game. Right. Quick note from Adam Schefter before I read the results. The Chiefs are not listing any players with any game injury designations for Super Bowl 57. But the Chiefs are not leading our poll right now. It is a close one, but 51.1% are rolling with the Eagles to take it home on Sunday. And then our Suns-related question. If you're picking one person on their roster Right now, who's the fifth starter for the Phoenix Suns? Your four <laughs> options in the poll is Tory Craig, Damian Lee, Landry Shamit, and TJ Warren. And if you want, you can open it up to anybody else on the roster. Wait, give me, give me, the, give me the four again. Tory Craig, Damian Lee, Landry Shamit, and TJ Warren. I'm going to say Josh Kogi. Ooh, I'm going to say Josh Kogi. Defense. I got plenty of offense out there with those four guys. I need an on-the-ball wing defender. Give me Josh Kogi. That's a, that's a good one. I like that. Even though it's not an option. Kogi I think a, a Kogi is definitely the, the guy that's not on the list that I feel like meshes with those starters yeah. the best. Yeah. But I feel like Craig can bring you that. He's not as good on defense. He's not but, as good defensively. But offensively, they are not guarding Josh Kogi. They are letting him shoot. So need to. 50% of the poll. Actually, Gambo, did, did you, are you going with the Kogi? I'll go with a Kogi, okay. too. I, like I kind of like that. Bernsey talked me into it. Nice. He talked me into it. Out of our poll results, uh, 50% are 
rolling heavily with Tory Craig. Yeah. Here's a fun one, though. In second place at 32.1%, an old friend, TJ Warren. 14.1% going Damian Lee. 3.8% not surprisingly going with Shamit. Tony Buckets. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Uh, congratulations to Matt Keith. He did call in. On time, thumbs up. So we have all of our qualifiers in the house. We've been registering everybody all week long. We find out who wins tickets to go see Super Bowl 57 from your friends here at Arizona Sports and all of that. We wish you all the very best of luck. Uh, all you had to do was throw a rock at the internet today and you would have hit all sorts of stories. Who won the trade deadline? Yeah. Who lost the trade deadline? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't have been hard at all. And it equally would have been just as easy for you to click on those links and see that some variation or another of the Phoenix Suns were all labeled winners. Chris Paul won. Phoenix Suns fans won. Uh, the rest of the Western Conference lost. Yeah. Uh, the Let me e- do the Chris Paul one. Let me do the Chris yeah, Paul yeah, please. Trade deadline winners and looters. Chris Paul. This should be obvious. The 37-year-old Paul could literally not ask for two better scorers by his side than Durant and Booker. His own ability to put the ball in the basket has waned a bit, but he's still an elite table setter who's drilling outside shots. This may be the closest he's ever come to winning the title, which is saying something considering he had a 2 nothing lead against the Bucks a couple of years ago uh, and all that stood in his way during the 2018 playoffs were his own hamstring and 27 straight missed three-pointers by his fellow Rockets. Chris Paul, big winner here. Guy's one of the greatest players ever, the point guard, future Hall of Famer, never won a championship. Hey, here's Kevin Durant. Go in a championship. Here it is. Mm-hmm. You've got it. You know what? Let's win two. <laughs> not one. Not go not win one, this. Go not win two, next year. Not three. Not yeah, four. Yeah, you're the favorites. Five, yeah. I, I think you're the favorites right now in the East and the West. I, I think the Suns are the favorites. So yeah, Chris Paul. They said big winner. That was from the Ringer. What you like? Loser. Uh, I like the next one on the list. Mm. Loser. Hope in the Western Conference. Uh, hope. Kevin Durant. He writes has entered the chat. The Nuggets, Grizzlies, Clippers, Warriors, Pelicans, Mavericks, and any other team thinking if he could make some noise in the playoffs aren't going to just lay down after this trade. You can make an argument against Phoenix as the favorite and not be wrong with Jokic and Kawhi and Steph Curry. Still, this is a landscape-altering, pecking-order, rearranging kind of trade. That's big words right yeah, there. Say that, that again. A landscape-altering, landscape pecking-order, rearranging wow. trade. Wow. The That's West good. is once again a death march, yeah. um, is what they wrote. Winner-loser John Collins. Congratulations to Collins on not getting traded for the 19th straight deadline. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants that contract. Yeah, no. Nobody wants the contract. Right, give me another one. What else did you like? Uh, what else did I like? Give me I, something you, you had. I, I liked the uh, winners being, let's see, the Nets. Uh, to be honest with you, the Nets is a winner because they ripped the Band-Aid off. They're like, you know what? This is not working. we got to yeah. start over. And, and, and that they, because that takes a lot of guts, right, to yeah. build it up the way they did and to say, yep, nope, this is not going to work. They ripped the Band-Aid off and they did it. Yes. I, I saw a great article. The winner, Brooklyn. Nets, the loser, the Brooklyn Nets, the winner, the Nets of the future, the loser, the Nets of the past. <laughs> and let me just say that, you know, the winner obviously getting the five unprotected picks and the swaps and McHale and, you know, and you've got Din, uh, Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith and Cam Johnson. Here's what they said about the loser. The KD Kyrie era in Brooklyn's over and there's no way to characterize it as anything but an abject failure. One playoff series victory, just 74 games played with Irving and Durant on the floor together. Plenty of coach firings, trade requests, off-court drama. In the last few days, the Nets have gone from a legitimate legitimate title contender with Durant and Kyrie to a rebuilding franchise looking for the clearest 
path back to the top of the mountain. That's a rough hit to take. So they had them as a winner and also as a loser. Yeah, and our, our boy Kevin Pelton kind of had exactly the same thing. Loser and winner. Super teams. Just the concept of the super team. The super team lost yesterday because the Nets tore one down. The super team won yesterday because the Phoenix Suns built one up, right? Like, no yeah. matter no matter how many times it fails, all right, teams will always try. You will always try to, and players will always try. There will always be the concept of the super team and, and uniting like that. No matter how many times teams might fail at it, the fact that it has been successful and the fact that odds are you, you want as many of the best players as you possibly can. I liked one from you, sent from earlier this morning that one of the winners was LeBron James. Yeah. And I, I'm looking at that right now. I agree. I, I thought the Lakers got, I don't know how much better, but I liked how they rearranged their team to a certain extent with what they added. I think LeBron James got some legit help on that yeah. roster. And listen, sometimes addition by subtraction. So part of winning is getting rid of Russell Westbrook and all the issues that he brings. But it says adding D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, adding Vada, uh, Vando, only sacrificing one of their coveted future first round picks. That's a team that can at least make a run in the Western Conference and with a healthy day Anthony Davis has a puncher's chance at an upset of one of the higher seeds should they make the playoffs. Can you imagine a Lakers Suns Western Conference Finals a healthy AD, a healthy LeBron, D'Lo against Book, Durant Paul, yeah, the that, now we'll see if the Lakers can get to that standard. Yeah, I I, I don't know if they're gonna. It would take, but again, it's 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 a healthy AD. If AD's healthy with LeBron, now he got rid of Westbrook. Maybe they can be. Maybe they can be a threat. The Arizona Sports Promo Team. They are at the Pepsi Fan Fest from the Arizona Center in downtown Phoenix today from two until six. The Pepsi Fan Fest includes food and beverages and games and live performances by Tech Nine and others. There's an autograph signing by Ricky Waters. Please go out and visit our promo team at the Pepsi Fan Fest going on right now. The man who bought a one-way ticket to Thailand made his return to the mainland via Houston. We'll tell you about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, Cardinals head coaching search update, update, update. <laughs> We're going to hold on to that one as long as we held on to the Kevin Durant one. Feels like it's taken that long. Um, <laughs> before, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, before we give you the update, 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 congratulations to Rob Britan. Britain, Britain. I'm not exactly sure how to say his last name. How do you spell it? B R I T T A I N. Britain, Britain, Britain. Whatever. Rob, congratulations. He won two tickets to Super Bowl Fifty Seven, the VIP FanDuel party, the Imagine wow. Dragons concert, tickets to the Bud Light Music Fest. He was reportedly, allegedly, according to my sources, Gambo, yelling and screaming on the phone when he got the call. Did he? he there was yelling and screaming involved. Oh my goodness! We should have called him. Rod. We should have called him on the air. Well, we, I, we, sh- we should. I wish we. Had did a recording of that. Mitch, did you tell me he's got I mean, take I have his number on file if we want to put him on for like a couple of minutes. No, nah, it's cool. I mean, it would have been the, the moment's gone. Like we lost that moment. But yeah. hey, recreate the moment you found uh, out you were getting tickets. Oh, get oh! Yeah, those tickets are going for like seventy five hundred bucks a pop. I know somebody just bought two for fifteen grand. I know somebody just bought two for fifteen thousand dollars. Wow, man, for two tickets. 
Two words, disposable income. <laughs> I've, I've never I mean, you go fly to Italy and spend a week out there. Disposable income. If you're spending 15 grand on two tickets to go see the Super Bowl. Yeah, some people bucket listing. They want to, you know. Yeah. Congratulations to Rob. We're very excited for you. Thank you to all of our qualifiers and everybody who played a role in it this week. We had fun doing it. We certainly hope Rob enjoys the opportunity to go. Well, well, well. The Houston Texans <laughs> are Looky interviewing. Looky who's back. Looky who's back. Hi, Cliff. Oh. Good to see you. Welcome back from Thailand. So How that wasn't a one-way ticket. Way, he did well, get a, a one-way ticket back. You know, as you know, you yeah. travel the world frequently. It's much cheaper to get a round-trip ticket for a it trip is, like that. It so is. I'm sure he paid for it on the back end uh, a little bit, buying two first or uh, one-way tickets. I just had to do that multi-city where you fly into one country, but you leave from another country. Again, dis- multi-city. Disposable income, man. That's what the world is. Uh, it spins on. According to multiple reports, Cliff Kingsbury interviewed with the Texans on Friday and is the third known candidate for the offensive coordinator job with the Texans, along with Patriots tight ends coach Nick Cayley and 49ers passing game coordinator Bobby Slowick, both of whom have already interviewed with the Texans. This is per Bob McManaman of azcentral.com. Did they hire uh, Did they hire that Matt Burke for the, for the job as sure DC? sure did. They uh, did yeah. hire Matt Burke. So the Cardinals okay. defensive line coach Matt Burke is now the defensive coordinator under D'Amico Ryans. Now the Cardinals had blocked him from having an interview with, I believe, the Browns because it was a lateral move and they had the right to block that. They couldn't block this because it's a promotion. You go from defensive line coach to D.C., you can't get in the way of that. So Matt Burke is now the defensive coordinator. Just raiding that Cardinal staff after all the success that they had last year. But that's okay. You say that sarcastically. Yes, I did say it sarcastically. And I know, and I, I get the vibe, right? Isn't it interesting that D'Amico Ryans, defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers Could for the last two years. Offensive and defensive coordinators from the Cardinals. Would choose to hire Cliff to mm. his, be his offensive coordinator. I, and I don't know what that means other than D'Amico as a defensive guy must have seen something about what Cliff was doing offensively to make him think, I want that guy to run my offense. Because think about it. D'Amico being a defensive-minded coach, he's going to put a ton of responsibility into his OC, right? I mean, he's not an sure. offensive-minded guy. He's sure. going to he's gonna ask a lot out of his offensive coordinator to kind of run the ship there. What did he see out of Cliff these last few years that made him think, I want that guy? And I'm not trying to besmirch Cliff. He did some good things with Arizona, but certainly not this year. It, it's, it's a the, very interesting fit. It's the, it's, the, it's the interesting angle when you get to the offense, right? There's a lot more defensive coordinators that can go in and you can hire Brian Flores. You could hire Steve Wilkes. You, you could get a defensive coordinator anywhere, and, he, and that's pretty good. It's hard to find a good offensive guy. Yes. They're, not, they're not growing on trees. There's not a lot out there. You got a guy that's a former head coach, innovative offense. Okay, I'm going to give this guy a shot. Like, if he wants to be the... Because the, there's not that many of them. That's why the Cardinals might hire Mike Kafka. They might hire him because it's easier to get... And Michael Bidwell told us this years ago, and I know you don't like it, but easier to get the offensive guy to be your head coach and a defensive guy. Because if the offensive guy does good, somebody's going to grab him in a year. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose him in a year. Somebody's going to say, I want to make that guy my head coach. So, you know, I don't think Cliff was planning to take another job. He was in Thailand. He bought that one-way ticket, as Peter Schrager reported. And But this could be an opportunity to get back in. I mean, Houston, they were 3-13 and 13 last year, so similar to what the Cardinals were. 
court. And, and you know, Cliff might just get you know, another opportunity. Let me see if I can, you know, let me see if I can get in. It would, the money that was owed to him would be offset, would be offset a little bit yeah. by whatever he makes in Houston. It would save Michael Bidwell some money. But maybe he, maybe he went to Thailand, cleared his head, and decided, you know what? Uh, offense coordinated job much better than a head coach right now for me. Now, he hasn't gotten it. He's one of three guys who have talked to them about it. Doesn't mean he's going to get it, but obviously it's interesting. What makes it even more interesting is that presumably Houston's going to draft a quarterback so much like he did with Kyler. Cliff would theoretically get kind of a ground floor moment to build an offense around a rookie quarterback. He did it once with Kyler, and and maybe that's part of the vision for D'Amico Ryans. We're going to have a rookie quarterback, and I want a guy who did things with her. What Cliff had done, was doing with Kyler, was working until this year. I mean, we can't deny that, right? The offense was... was top 10 in total yards, two out of the three last two, two yeah. out of the last three years. They were getting better. Kyler was getting better, and then everything hit a wall last year for whatever reason. As far as the Cardinals themselves, Ian Rappaport from this morning on Lou Anarumo. The Cardinals are still doing interviews. They have a big one tomorrow with Lou Anarumo, the Cincinnati Bengals defensive coordinator. If you're wondering why these are kind of spread out over the course of the week, it kind of makes sense. Michael Bidwell, the Cardinals owner, is not just the Cardinals owner. He's also the de facto host of the Arizona Super Bowl, so he has been busy. He's been flying around his own plane, of course, as we know. He's been going to events. He's been pulled in a lot of different directions. So to hone in and just complete a coaching search when there's really no urgency to do so with all this going on, plus you're probably not going to announce it before the Super Bowl anyway. They are taking their time. They have an interview tomorrow, and I would expect some sort of head coaching announcement after the Super Bowl is played probably early next week. Yeah, same thing we've been reporting uh, was Tuesday. We're expected it to be Tuesday early next week. The question now really comes down to, is it just Kafka and Anarumo? I'm glad or you does, asked this question. Or does he or, or does Michael say, let me let me talk to Eric Bieniemy. Let me talk to somebody. Shane Steichen, Shane Jonathan Steichen. Gannon, any of the guys from right. the Eagles. Let me yeah. talk to somebody. Now, you could have spoken to those guys earlier had you wanted to. Mm-hmm. But if you get to the point where you do second interviews with Anarumo and Kafka and you're not sold, then maybe you decide to sit down and talk with somebody else. The question is, like, why wouldn't you have talked to them earlier? It's a good question. I don't have an answer to it. But it does seem like you've waited this long. Is it really going to kill you to wait another day or two to talk to well, any and- of the those three guys, it and doesn't he, seem like it. Here's the other thing. Kansas City had the bye. Philadelphia had the bye. Mm-hmm. Like you had plenty of time to oh, talk yeah, to you coaches. Have spoken to them earlier. They if had you the bye to. week. Both yeah. of them had the bye week. They weren't playing. You could have. You could have spoke to those guys. Tom Palacero was on with Bickley and Murata this morning, the NFL insider from NFL.com and the NFL Network, and he had this interesting thing to say about Dan Quinn. My, my belief is, if Dan Quinn had not decided not to take a head coaching job in this cycle, the Cardinals would add their head coach a couple of weeks ago. Didn't end up playing out that way, and so you know they got Lou Anarumo. Talking to him today, Mike Kafka. Um, he was there on Tuesday, or excuse me, zooming on Tuesday because they're they're back to zooms here. And, and I know the Cardinals have you know been digging around on some of the coaches in this game too. And so we'll see, you know, how exactly they wrap up this process. Ooh, a little tidbit there at the mm. end, digging around on some of the coaches digging in this game too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you have dug around earlier? I, I, uh, maybe did you not have the shovel? Why <laughs> <laughs> are you not digging around earlier? Like, maybe why would you thought... wait until February tenth to decide? You know what? Maybe I'm going to talk to this guy. Maybe because you thought you were going to. Peyton? Maybe because he thought you were going to get Quinn? Maybe because he thought one of those guys who said no to you was going to say yes to you, and, and when they did say no to you, you weren't 
available to talk to those guys, right? But now you are, or at least you will be in 72 hours or whatever it is. I don't know, but Gambo, I, I think, I suspect you might be onto something. I, I think at this point, man, you've waited this long. I don't know if there's any harm in waiting just a little bit longer to see what you can find. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we turn our attention to the Coyotes. GM Bill Armstrong, is he feeling that trade deadline fever? It's going around. It's catching. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show.